Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf and the whole wolf pack today of Wyatt and Brandy and Fallon and Wispity Bunny Dog and Kira, who just got a title yesterday and so proud of her, and Savannah and Romeo and Troopy and Lexi and Bruiser and a nameless puppy and all those puppies in the world who need uh, an owner and need a lot of love. You're all ours. We we all love you, and we're here for you. What's great about having a lot of love in your heart is that you can help a lot of dogs, and I want to talk today about how you can help not only your own dog, but help other dogs who maybe are a little less fortunate. In a couple of weeks, uh, my good friend Jade Selvey and I, who's in, in uh, Colorado, we're going to be going to work with some uh, beach dogs down in the Caribbean. Uh, these are dogs who are the beach dogs who a lot of times are not loved very much and not fed and don't have food and maybe are either kicked or, or shoved or shot at or whatever because people don't understand. And there are a lot of people out there who really try to help dogs, but we also have quite a few who don't understand that, you know, Dogs need to eat. Dogs need to find homes, and dogs need to have love. And, you know, we can't always go to, you know, the Caribbean or go to Turkey or go to Bulgaria and all the different places that are out there where we have dogs who are, you know, abandoned, neglected, abused. Hey, listen, we've got plenty of them in our own country. We have 4 million dogs a year being euthanized for ridiculous reasons. Some of them have minor behavioral issues, but some of them are just black dogs. And, you know, I think that's one of those things that's kind of crazy. With horses, horses, black horses are worth twice as much. If you have a black and white paint or pinto, or if you have a black Frisian or a black Arabian or a black quarter horse, they're worth more because we want that shiny, clean sparkly, beautiful look of of a black animal. But with dogs, it's quite the opposite. Apparently, the number one type of color um, that is euthanized in a shelter is black. And the number one type of dog supposedly euthanized is not pit bulls. They're up in the top five, but it's actually chihuahuas. So we have to start looking at why are these dogs, these black dogs, being euthanized and not being adopted. Well, one of the problems with them, and this is out to you who might be photo buffs and you might be good at photography, go to your local shelter or rescue and offer your help for photographing some of these dogs, not just the black ones, but all of them. Because if you see a picture and it's not a very good picture, chances are you're not going to form that bond and connection with that dog. But if you can see the dog's face and eyes and he's, oh, look how cute, and it's a good picture of this dog, there's a higher chance that somebody will become interested in him and that he will actually potentially be adopted. But think about it. You who have a black dog, anybody who has a black lab, what happens when you take a picture of them? Either you get their eyes are red or they kind of look like a silhouette, right? That you can't even tell what kind of dog it is half the time. So a lot of times I think what people do, and the reason that black dogs don't get adopted as quickly, is it's just very hard to see what kind of dog and see into their eyes. So think about that if you're a good little photo buff and you might be able to volunteer at a local shelter and just tell them, hey, I don't even want money. I just want to take pictures of these dogs. So and videos so that the dogs are going to be, um, you know, finding homes instead of being euthanized because it's just it's horrible and heartbreaking. So another thing that you can do to help your local shelter or rescue um, in order to make fewer dogs the targets of these euthanases is to let people around your Facebook, you know, other social media, pictures, posters, whatever, and you don't have to pick every dog. If everyone listening to this show 
right now or on the archives could choose one dog, just one dog, go there, go to the shelter or the rescue, get some good pictures of that dog, play around with the dog, get some cute video, and learn a little bit about that dog. Volunteer at the shelter or rescue. Volunteer. Help these dogs. Because the more you do with them, and the more, obviously, if you can read my book, happens, S-H-H-H, happens, Dog Behavior 101, which you can get for less than $10 on Amazon for your Kindle, and you can even get the free Kindle software, you can go up and you can help that dog to have a better chance of being rescued and adopted because now it will be easier to handle. Listen, I don't think I've ever heard out of more than 25,000 dogs that I've worked with and fixed all through the years, I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, you know, Janice, I'm going to give my dog up to the shelter. He just won't sit on command anymore, and I just can't handle that. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when you say it that way, but guess what? Dogs don't get turned into the shelter because they don't sit. Dogs get turned into the shelter because they did something, because they nipped at somebody or growled at somebody or bit somebody or peed in the house or chewed things up or lunged at the cat or whatever they might have done. And unfortunately, when you're desperate and you don't know what you don't know and you don't know who to turn to, you might give the dog up to a shelter. Or, you know, fortunately, if if the shelter is a good shelter and is more interested in helping those dogs than than euthanizing them, then, you know, hey, that's great. But they need our help. They really need our help desperately. And donations are great, but they need your time. If you could, just at this time of giving, this season of giving, that we're coming into Thanksgiving and then Christmas and New Year's, where we're all thinking about giving money and doing all that, instead of just giving money, which, of course, dogs need to eat, You can buy food, but don't get the junky food. Get some decent quality food. Get some treats. Get some, you know, rubber toys or whatever the dogs might need. And check with your local shelter. And don't worry if the people aren't the nicest. It's not about the people. It's about the dogs. They do a very, very difficult job. A lot of these people in shelters have to also help to euthanize the dogs. You can't be the nicest person in the world and have a big, giant heart and not be affected when you have to, you know, help somebody to hold a dog for a heart stick or to euthanize a dog. So, again, it's really important that we support our local shelters and rescues and help them, giving them what they need for these dogs. And one of the great things you can do is give them time. Go in, volunteer to take the dogs for a walk. And I tell all the rescues and shelters I work with, instead of working with 10 different dogs, Right? Instead of they're, they're like, oh, let's get this dog out and this dog out. Focus every few days until that dog's adopted. Focus on that one dog, on pushing to get that dog adopted. But don't just dump the dog into the wrong situation. Try to find the right family and then have them get a copy of my book. It is so helpful. There are a number of rescues and shelters, including 11th Hour Rescue, which is my favorite. Um, and we love Kelly from the HR. And what happens is when we have these dogs who are having behavioral issues, we can read the book, we can start treating them like they're a pet and start doing the hunt, wait, eat and giving them a little better nutrition and working with them. And then that dog may be adopted. Now you can work with another. So let's try to band together and help these dogs, not just moment to moment, but let's try to help them for a longer term. They deserve it. And they deserve the same wonderful treatment as all of our dogs do. So stay tuned because we'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com.
Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Well, one of the things we're going to talk about is today is how wonderful people are and how there are some great people out there who are actually helping us to help dogs. People who are doing things that they don't even think are a big deal, but they are a big deal. Like my good friend Pam, who fosters our dogs for us, for Merlin's kids. We need fosters all the time. We especially need fosters now, the holidays, because we tend to pull more dogs during the holidays than we pull the rest of the year, just because more dogs are actually dumped around the holidays People get a puppy for their child, and maybe it's when school is out, and the puppy's not working out exactly right, so then they dump the dogs. Or they get them in at Christmas, and then February, March is another time people tend to dump the dog. Oh, the puppy was, it wasn't as cute anymore. It got big. I didn't know Great Danes get that big. Well, you got to be pretty stupid if you don't know Great Danes get big. They're called Great Danes, not Tiny Danes. So a lot of things that you can do is transporting. You can take a dog and transport it for maybe two hours. So if you hook up with a shelter or rescue and the rescue says, hey, well, we want to make sure that this dog gets where it needs to go, we can say, hey, I can transport a dog from such and such a place. It's an hour away from me to an hour past me. Well, that helps. If everybody could do two hours, we could transport dogs across country. And that's the purpose of a convoy, is getting the dogs to go from one place to another and doing it economically and doing it relatively easily. So you can help by volunteering to transport dogs for a local shelter or rescue, which is a great thing. There's another thing you can do besides donating money. You can also offer to do website management or Facebook or social media posting. Now, think about it for a moment. If you're on the computer and you're looking at social media all day long anyway, why not hook up with a rescue or shelter and you can post their available adoptable dogs? This way, those people who are at the shelter can spend their time doing other things like cleaning cages and working with adopters, potential adopters. So that's another thing that you can do is post for social media or even make posters or keep records for them so you don't realize how many different things there are that you're able to do to help dogs. And it doesn't have to be just by adopting a dog. It's great if you can, but fosters can change many dogs. Adopters can change one dog. So try to look at it as if you can foster, you know, even if you have your own dog or dogs, foster another one because if you can foster a new dog every month, you can actually save 12 more dogs a year. If you're adopting one and then you can't have another dog, you're helping one dog, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But I want to help more dogs. And the best way to help more dogs is to be able to work with people to uh, get their dogs, um, you know, into great foster homes and where they can learn the rules, they can learn about all of our um, perch uh, important points that are things that are going to help a dog to be a well-behaved and well-balanced dog. So let's go through some other things, like my good friend Pam always does for us. Well, one of the things you can do is to take holiday fosters. So let's say you can't foster for a long time. You're a teacher, you know, and you, you know, have got things to do. You're not home. Well, when you're off for the summer, why couldn't you do a short-term foster? I know with us, with MerlinsKids.org, we have so, so many people who say, oh, I wish I could foster, but I can't foster through, you know, except for the summer. And I know dogs have to be fostered for a long time. Well, no, they don't. Not with us, with Merlin's kids, and with many, many places, but I know uh, with our organization uniquely, we do have people helping out with, um, you know, all the different things that 
um, that that we need, and one of the things is short-term fosters. So let's say, like, some of the universities around the country that we're working with, when those kids are taking our dogs through the schools and into the different classes, and one of those kids maybe doesn't feel well for the day or needs to go home to wherever he or she is from and can't take the dog or doesn't want to take the dog with them, we might need a foster for a few days, for a week, for a couple of weeks, maybe for a summer. So you can help. You just don't know what you don't know. You don't realize how many ways there are of helping not only Merlin's kids and our dogs and our amazing children, but also working with your local shelter or rescue. Even taking a dog out of the shelter or the rescue for a couple of weeks, even for one week, even for a few days, to get that dog kind of evaluated and out of that barking, screaming, yelling, potentially smelly and loud and obnoxious environment and see how that dog is different. How can you evaluate a dog and see how good it is when it's in the middle of a, of a war, basically, with screaming and barking and yelling and terrible smells and different foods and cold concrete? So there are a lot of different ways that you can do something to help your dog or to help other dogs. So that's another thing for the short-term fosters. Another thing is becoming an adoption counselor. Because remember, anything that you have ability to do is something that you can help with that the other people there could do some other job, maybe spending more time with the dog. So if you say, well, you know, I love dogs, but I really don't want to work with aggressive dogs. I don't want to get bitten. Fine, you don't have to do that. But if you were, let's say, an adoption counselor, you might be able to go through the contracts, be able to go through the applications, make phone calls, verify home ownership or verify references or a veterinarian or whatever it is. So, again, anything that you do that you can think of that potentially is, you know, something that's going to um, be helpful and give more time to the other people to work with the dogs, that's going to be great. One more thing that I did want to tell you is you can go out and actually help to solicit donations for the, for the uh, organization. Now, for that, you'd have to contact the organization, the shelter or rescue that you wanted to work with, and you would tell them, listen, I'd like to you know, go around, and, and maybe you'd have to get some kind of a permit or whatever, but I'd like to help out and maybe put a can or, um, you know, a little jar uh, with the shelter's name, and I'll check on it periodically. And this way, you can help them to raise money. People don't think of that. At this time, everybody is trying to get money, and everybody's asking for, you know, oh, help us with this and help us with that. Well, imagine if you see a, the sad face of a puppy or a dog who's in a shelter or rescue, and it's right by the checkout, you might just take the, uh, you know, the extra dollar and a half that you've got in change and give it to this puppy. So, again, you can really help out, but there are so many different ways that you can do that. And there are other things. You can design, like I said, designing graphics or uh, coming up with the write-ups for each individual dog if you're not able to, to do something else. You can write up a nice little... Uh, story about each dog and, and what happened and where it came from and all that. Because, again, that's something else that, that other people would be able to take, you know, have less time uh, to do that, and they'd have then more time that you would give them to be able to help out with, um, you know, with other jobs. So stay tuned because we'll be right back. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial. No sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat-treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. 
Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time at 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you're referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to service dog with Janice Wolf. Well, we're talking about ways in which you can help other dogs in your community or even from around the world because so much of this stuff that I'm talking about can be done remotely. And that's something that most people don't think about. You think, oh, what can I do? I can't go to the shelter. I know myself, I have rarely walked into a shelter no matter where it is and not walked out with a dog. I just did that again when I was up in Niagara Falls, right? I've got our little boy, Baby Huey, the little uh, little tiny, uh, gigantic black Great Dane mix that I just rescued uh, last month when I was up in Niagara Falls region from the Niagara County SPCA. And this poor dog had, wow, he has at least 200 pretty serious round, they look like cigarette burns on him. And he was black, and he was growling, and they had the cage card that said, you know, caution, may bite, growling. And, you know, he's a big dog, so nobody's going to be that crazy to go in and try to see if he's okay. Well, he was okay, and I rescued him. I adopted him. So he's going to have a great home, and he'll turn into a service dog at some point for us. So I'm very excited to have him. But imagine if I hadn't been there, to work with these other dogs, what might have happened to our cute baby Huey? He might have wound up, probably would have wound up euthanized. So, you know, they're great up there because they're now a no-kill. But a lot of places, you know, there's no-kill is to a point. It's very hard to not, you know, when you've got a very limited number of, of spots and potentially, you know, you're, you've got, let's say, you know, 80 cages, and you've got 15 dogs or 20 dogs or 100 dogs coming in a week, you can imagine how difficult it is to be able to actually keep that up. So a lot of times no kill means, well, we won't kill them if they don't have a behavioral issue. In other words, if the dog is healthy and, you know, doesn't have any kind of behavioral issue, we won't kill. But the problem is your behavioral issue that you think is a big thing might be very little. For instance, for me, be, you know, a dog who with a behavioral issue, I'm thinking a dog who's severely aggressive and rips people up, that to me is a serious behavioral issue. For most people, a dog peeing in the house or barking or, you know, or, or growling or nipping or whatever could be seen as a behavioral issue. So, again, it's not always as bad as you think it is. And usually, as I've found, most people want to do the right thing and they definitely want for, um, you know, for the dogs to be adopted, but it depends on the level of expertise. And that's why United Canine Professionals and Merlin's Kids has teamed together, um, and we are sister organizations, and what we do is we work with people in shelters and rescues all over the country, and we teach them how to take care of the dogs in a little different way, how to work with the dogs with behavioral issues, and how to help them so that all of these dogs aren't going to end up, you know, wind up being euthanized because somebody didn't know what they were supposed to do. It's very, very sad to think of the number of dogs who are out there who are just really, well, for lack of a better word, lost because nobody knew what to do with them. Well, I know what to do with them, and our amazing people from United Canine Professionals, you can reach us at 855-4K9-PROS or reach us on the web at www.united, the letter K, the number 9, PROS, P-R-O-S, or our other website as well, which we'll link together, 
is unitedk9professionals.com. But either way, you can reach out to us and we can help you. We can teach you. We will support you. You can become one of our rescue partners or shelter partners, which means that we will work with you for free and help you. And then when your dogs are adopted out to private people, you get a super discount. Well, they would get a discount and a lifetime guarantee so that the dogs that you do adopt out don't end up coming back or being euthanized, but rather that those dogs are going to have wonderful homes with loving families who are going to have the support from us uh, with the 800 number. The 800 or eight, the 800 number is 855-4K9-PROS. And then some of our dogs even wind up being uh, service dogs. A lot of them actually are service dogs. And what's great about that is we're taking a dog out of a shelter who was going to be euthanized, and we're turning that dog with a lot of hard work, don't get me wrong, yes, it takes upward of a year um, to, to do a legitimate service dog, not like some of these people who grab a dog out of a shelter and keep it for two weeks and throw a vest on it and say, it's a service dog now. So, you know, a lot of the um, important parts of that are having, you know, the things going on with the right um, the right person being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, maybe you're that right person. Maybe you're hearing this show for the very first time, and maybe you're saying, hey, wait a minute, this sounds really cool. Well, we all have to band together. This isn't about me, and it's not about just United Canine Professionals or Merlin's Kids. It's about all of us from all of the groups. Tonight I got a really interesting phone call from a very nice young man. Very sounded very, very sad, and... Uh, he's a trainer, like a local trainer. He said he's been a trainer for 14 years, I think he said, since he was 16, and has been, you know, local obedience trainer, positive reinforcement. And uh, he was reaching out to me for help, and I, of course, I just want to speak with him. And it really goes to the heart of things. He loves this dog. He's got the dog at, for about a year. The dog is five years old. It's a pit bull. And he rescued it last year, and now the dog is getting aggressive with other dogs. Well, it's super common, and that's probably the same thing that happened many years ago, and that's probably why somebody gave up a beautiful four-year-old pit bull in the prime of health is it probably did something. So he's feeling, you know, obviously very upset, um, feeling like he's maybe um, not good enough for this dog. He's not doing a good enough job. And, uh, you know, the problem is that that's not true. He just didn't have the skill set to work with this dog, and that's the point. So many of the dogs that are in shelters and rescues, uh, we try to focus on obedience, which is a great tool for a well-behaved dog or for a dog who's only got very minor things. But if you have a dog who's got aggression or separation anxiety or, you know, is destructive in the house or urinating in the house, marking territory, um, you know, jumping uncontrollably, um, you know, biting, all these things, you're not going to fix it with an obedience trainer. You're not going to be able to fix a behavior that is happening by throwing a cookie at him. And the point being, you didn't fail this dog. Someone else long ago failed this dog. But you can be the solution to this dog's future. In other words, don't worry about what's been done. Don't worry that you didn't have the skill set and that you have to reach out for help. I'm happy to help. We, everybody here at United Canine Professionals, is super happy to help because we realize that the enemy is not the other type of trainer, but rather the euthanasia of the dog, the failure of that dog. We don't want that dog to fail, and that's why we will help any shelter or rescue or individual who needs help with their dog or a group of dogs, and that's what's so beautiful about it is we just want to help. And together, we can band together and imagine how strong we can be saving dogs together with United Canine Professionals and you and all these dogs having a brighter future. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. 
Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Purr Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to purspraypet.com. That's P-U-R spraypet.com. Purspraypet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to fight environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo, healthy. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. Hey there, good buddy Pam. Uh, yes, I know you listen live and to the archives, and I appreciate all the great things you've done for us already and uh, really excited that Princey and Sedona are going to be coming up to you guys soon. And uh, I'm just so happy about how everything has been working out for, for you and for everybody around. Um, you know, we really do appreciate, especially at this time of the year, those people who have put us on automatic for donations. Um, we do, for Merlin's kids, we, we are obviously a 501c3. We are very, very focused on using every penny to do the good work that we do. We don't have a whole lot of paid staff. Uh, nobody, including myself, I never, ever, ever will take a nickel um, from the foundation because the more dogs that we can help, that means the more children we can help. And the more money we have, the more dogs we can help, which helps more children and veterans. So, again, it's really not about just, you know, taking whatever you think you've got and, and, and you know, Oh, I only have $10. Well, you know what? $10 is heartworm pills for two dogs for a month. That matters. Oh, I can only donate $100. You know what? Sometimes we can get a neuter done for either $100 or $200. So it is a lot of money, and we need that. The little amounts of money are what build up to the big amounts of money. We have definitely people, this awesome guy I just spoke with last week, who wants to, you know, sponsor a service dog in his wife's honor. And, and uh, we don't do memory of, we do an honor of that she did pass. And, you know, that's great, and we're excited because that can be a dog for a special needs child. But part of that also is, and you don't realize this, the smaller donations do build up. If everybody listening donated $5, uh, we could have like $200,000 with all the listeners. I have a lot of listeners here. We could have $200,000 for $5 each. If everybody donated $10, we could have $400,000. Do you know how many service dogs we could do for that? We could do like 35, 40 service dogs for that. So 35 or 40 families could benefit because each person gave 5 or $10. That's what you don't understand. Yes, of course, we love when people make larger donations because we can help more kids and more dogs, but it all goes into program services, which is what's so important is, you know, to make sure that, that we're able to help. You know, a lot of these places, like other the charities that we've all heard of, you know, 92% goes to, uh, you know, salaries and bonuses of the CEOs. That's why I don't donate money anymore to these big companies because they do. They, they take it and they waste it and they're paying people to, you know, try to get more donations. And I don't want to waste your $5 or $10 that you were kind enough to give to a child or dog in need. We don't want to use that money 
anything else other than where you want it, which is working with the dogs and the kids. And that's really such an important part of what what we do is giving hope to the hopeless. It's being able to contact children and families and say, hey, we got a donor in who specifically wanted to donate a dog for a child with autism, and you've been chosen. You get your free dog. You don't have to do anything other than just, you know, follow our rules of how to take care of the dog and come on out and train with your dog. And that's beautiful. But you can do that not only with us, and, of course, I'm not turning down donations, and we love that. You can go on MerlinsKids.org and donate right on the website, but also support your local shelter and rescue because they don't have a lot of money. And most of the time, most the fancy shelters are the ones who have lots of money. Those I don't worry about. But the poorer ones, donate food, donate treats, donate bedding, donate little things that that dog can enjoy, donate leashes, collars if you have old food bowls, water bowls, bedding, you know, wash the bedding and and bring that out for them because those are the kinds of things that, you know, when you help those dogs, you're really making a difference in the life of a dog. So what are some other things that you can do at this time of year? Well, you can also, if you're a member of a a school board or if your child goes to uh, a school that may be interested, you can do donations like we did at the wonderful Calais School for 11th Hour Rescue. We had all the kids collect the approved dog food and cookies and treats and blankets and toys and cleaning products and all those things. Remember, cleaning products are super important. You have to check what kind they use. But those are all important to keep the drains clean, to keep the dogs clean, the crates clean, and kennels clean. So even if you have things in your home and you're going to throw them out and you say, oh, look at all the old sheets and pillowcases and towels and bedding, don't throw them away because those are things that your local shelter or rescue needs. They need to have clean bedding for the dogs. You can make a really, really cool um, dog bed out of a couple of towels and a pillowcase. You stuff the towels in the pillowcase, and then the dog can have something nice, and if it gets a little dirty, they throw it in with some bleach, and it's nice and clean again. So don't throw things out, especially your bedding, unless it's really ratty. Try to utilize that and give that to the dogs in your local shelter or rescue who really need it. Um, You know, another thing is, it's also cats out there. Now, our show doesn't focus on cats, but... You know, if you have things that, let's say you have some cans of tuna fish or you have, you know, something that you say, well, I don't know if the dogs would really like it, you might have things that that a cat might be able to use. So, again, check with your local shelter or rescue and see if those might be things that they'd be able to use. Now, another great thing for you guys or you ladies who are super handy, if you have a couple of hours, see if maybe they might need help fixing things at the kennels or the shelters or rescues. Imagine, like, if you can get inexpensive dog crates or kennels, or if you're good with wood, or if you're a metal worker, that you'd be able to actually work with the different um, types of um, things that they have there with the kennels and cages where you can just drop the, the, uh, the a metal piece down into a into a channel and, and maybe do some things like that where you can do some metal work or iron work um, or even building some kennels outside or building an actual kennel building. There's so many different things that are needed and they're great things that you can do to help the local dogs and local people who are trying to help you and help the dogs in your area. So there are a lot of different things I've just given you the idea for. Now, if you go on and you want to get a good list of, like, things that Merlin's kids need, well, what we need is all we have actually a page that tells what we need and gift cards from some of the places like Lowe's, Home Depot, um, Target, um, Walmart is great, Costco. We get a lot of, we sometimes get our dog food at Costco. We get a lot of our bedding at Costco. So all of these different places that have gift cards or if you get gift cards, Um, from a place, let's say you get a gift card from a restaurant you're never going to go to, don't throw it out or let it expire. 
give it to your local shelter or rescue because they may be able to use it as a giveaway or as a door prize for an event they might be able to do. And while we're talking about that, help people uh, to be able to, you know, have events for the local shelters and rescues to build up their ability to have um, kind of a, a base where they can kind of expect to have donations come in. And again, you can do a lot of different things, not only to help org, but to help your local shelter and rescue. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dogs to service dog with Janice Wolf. Now, it's our final segment, folks. I want to take, like I always do, a couple of questions. I'd like to do two questions today because one of them is a little bit heartbreaking. One of them is about a special needs child who they feel that the dog would be, that the child would be a very good candidate for a service dog, but the child is actually quite afraid um, of dogs. And you know, one of the uh, kind of sad things is it is not always the uh, the perfect situation to have a dog in every home uh, with special needs kids. This is something you got to go on a case-by-case basis. We've had people who we thought would be good candidates um, and have not been able to handle a, a, a very, very, very easy dog that, you know, wouldn't give, you know, an 80-year-old woman uh, a difficult time. But sometimes the energy of the family is just not right for a dog, and that can happen. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It just means you have to be careful because we have a duty when we do have a dog placed into a home that we make sure that that dog is going to be safe and that the family is following our rules and, you know, has a good energy. Unfortunately, very often, you know, we have uh, families who have, uh, their own issues beyond the, the child, and you have a parent who may be, um, you know, not able to cope well or overwhelmed by having a number of children and they don't feel like they're getting help from the other spouse, or you have a single parent. So sometimes, you know, people um, can be very unrealistic, not only with, like I was saying, with the service dog, but can also be very unrealistic with expectations of any dog. You have to know that, believe it or not, dogs have to go out to go potty. And sometimes they don't know that when you pick them up or when you get them. Now, our Merlin's Kids Service folks, obviously, they're super well-behaved, super, super well-trained. But, you know, when you get a dog from the shelter or rescue and even some of these, you know, local people who think they know what they don't know and they don't know what they don't know, you know, you might have a dog who, you know, is going to end up being um, not the perfect dog, or it's going to go potty in the house, or it's going to be chewing things, or it's going to growl, puppy growls. Puppies go through fear phases from 4 to 14 months. And very often what happens with a puppy who is in a fear phase, you can have, you know, a situation where the dog might grumble at somebody, or even, you know, somebody who's, you know, digging an elbow into, you know, to the dog or or a child, you know, who may not, um, you know, be um, socially grabbing all the cues, and, you know, that that unfortunately does happen quite a bit with kids where we don't always have, you know, the ability to, um, you know, to have a child um, understand things, but we still want to get the child a dog. Well, mom and dad have to be able to understand that 
you know, juniors got to be supervised and that you can't blame a dog when, you know, maybe the, the child, is, or you can't even blame the child, but that there's a reason that some families should not have a dog. And, you know, that's one of those things that I think is uh, so important is making sure that, you know, the dog is going to be able to be in a good environment and is going to be in, um, you know, a situation that's going to be uh, good for it. You know, if we have a dog who's in a bad situation and, you know, the dog all of a sudden is, uh, you know, is, is acting out and having behavioral issues, well, there might be a problem in the family. That definitely happens. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, we try our best and we, we work on, um, you know, making things better for the family and the dog. But listen, dogs are animals, and, you know, animals don't always uh, wind up at the right place. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't even think about a dog, and they figure, well, the dog's going to, you know, let me know when he's got to go out, and the dog's going to, you know, let me go, uh, you know, let me know what time I've got to feed him. And, you know, but that's not the way it is. And it's very unrealistic for anybody to think that, you know, that the dog is supposed to, uh, you know, be the, the mom and the dad and the human all in one. The dog, all the dog is responsible for or should be responsible for is being a dog and just enjoying his life. He should be treated kind of like your child with some good, solid rules that are simple to understand uh, but that are also... Uh, the kind of uh, rules that are easy to follow. I think sometimes people are very unrealistic, and the question that comes through with, you know, how come some children are good candidates and others are not, very often goes more to what if the family is a good family or not. If the family is not, um, you know, in a situation where, um, you know, they can uh, really be, um, you know, diligent in taking care of a dog properly, then they should not commit to having a dog. Because the worst thing in the world is for that dog to go home with a family and then potentially have to leave, and now the kids are all brokenhearted because, um, you know, because somebody wasn't watching and, you know, did wrong by the family. So that's the first question. And um, the second one is a little bit uh, more, uh, more common. Um, what are some common causes of potty issues? And specifically asking about a Yorkshire Terrier um, who is two and a half years old, who was completely housebroken and is now not for housebroken at all. Well, okay. Uh, a Yorkie, uh, there's a reason that Yorkies are Yorkies. Um, Yorkies, even though they're adorable and tiny and cute, they are Terriers and they are in that Terrier family where same as a Pitbull or a Scotty or a Westie or a Cairn or a Wheaton or, you know, um, so many other terrier-like dogs, they do have a dominant basic uh, behavior. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to bite people or anything, but they're a confident dog. They're very confident dogs. So a Yorkie, even though it's tiny, and then you have this, this little teacup ones that these they're not show dogs, so that people are just breeding them to breed them, and the smaller the better. And they're spending a lot of uh, energy on making dogs, um, you know, kind of tinier instead of live longer and behave better. And unfortunately, a lot of them do have behavioral issues. One of the most common ways that we can tell with, like a Yorkie, um, that there is a behavioral issue is they urinate and defecate in the house. Now, usually pooping in the house, or the technical word defecating in the house, uh, pooping in the house is usually uh, more of a function of people who are free-feeding their dog, meaning that they're, they have the dog, they're feeding the dog, uh, you know, free-feeding, so the food is out all the time. And then, if, obviously, if you don't know when the food's going in, then you don't know when the food's coming back out. And, unfortunately, that can be a big problem where, uh, you know, you don't know what time the dog ate. And if you know from a coffee break, if you perhaps had your coffee at 9, you might be in the men's room at 9.15. Your wife might have her coffee at 9 and be in the ladies' room at 9.05, and, you know, her friend might be in the ladies' room at 9.45. 
it's a little bit different for each of our bodies. So we want to make sure that we, uh, we are going to be aware of when the dog is eating. That's why you should do the hunt, wait, eat, and not leave the food down. If the dog walks away from the bowl of food, pick it up and wait until after the next walk. Now, the other one is, obviously, if the dog is urinating in the house, which can be a sign of marking territory. That's why so many dogs will pee on every tree, and you'll see a dog who will be urinating 10 times on a walk, even when there's no drips of urine coming out anymore. And even the females will lift their legs sometimes. So that can be dominant, and if you read my book, Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101, and you can get it on Amazon for your Kindle, and you can actually get free Kindle software as well. It's a great book, and that's going to help you to understand why your dog is doing what your dog's doing. And also, you can call us at 855-4K9-PROS, 855-449, sorry, I can't even remember, but 855-449-9288 is for the High Wyatt for Merlin's Kids and United Canine Professionals. Check out Merlin's Kids if you're interested in making a donation or in being a part of something more great and huge than yourself please contact us. If you have a dog who has a behavioral issue who needs help, contact us um, on United Canine Pros or United Canine Professionals, either one, dot com, um, and we can help you if you'd like to have a career helping others and getting involved in the in-school service dog programs and the other in- incredibly wonderful things that we do at Merlin's Kids and United Canine Professionals. You can find all the applications online. Can't believe it, another show in the can. We would love to just tell you all, have a wonderful, happy, healthy, safe week, and we'll see you next week. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. 